Hi, how's it going? It's Matthew, um, and this is the Tie Five Podcast. I'm here for another one of my solo reviews, and honestly, recently been doing these. It's been really fun getting to talk for a lot longer and just um, go more in depth and kind of have this freedom to do it. Um, still really like doing it with as well, but this has also been a nice kind of change of pace and thing that I really like to do. Um, but yeah, this week, um, I'm going to be going over another one of my favorite movies. Like the first few, I think, are going to be just like my favorite movies of all time. You know, we've done Short Term 12, my favorite. And then Knives Out is another top tier movie for, for me. And this one uh, is just a very nostalgic childhood type movie that I was really obsessed with. Um, so yeah, um, if you know me, you probably know what this is. It's Kung Fu Panda. Let's get into it. Kung Fu Panda review right now. Kung Fu Panda, it's a DreamWorks animations picture, came out in 2008, um, directed by John Stevenson. This was his directorial debut. I don't really know what else he's done, but also um, Mark Osborne, too, both co-directors. And then John Abel and Glenn Berger did the screenplay. Haven't really seen any of their other things. Uh, maybe I have, but I don't really know. And then we have this um, voice cast with Jack Black as Poe, Dustin Hoffman as Shifu, Angelina Jolie as Tigress, Ian McShane as Tai Lung, Seth Rogen as Mantis, Lucy Liu as Viper, um, David Cross Crane, Jackie Chan is Monkey, James Hong is Poe's dad, Randall Duck Kim is Oogway, and then Hans Zimmer and John Powell do the score, um, and the score is really good and fantastic. And just just first, as before I go in, you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, the cast in the movies that I watch are, you know, they're all great, and often at times I just say they're all amazing, and they really are. I think um, Jack Black is good. I'll talk about him a little more later on. But um, Dustin Hoffman, he just brings this great intensity to the role with his gruff voice. But also, you know, you can see when his demeanor kind of softens through that voice. Um, Ian McShane, I just remember, he's just such a terrifying guy. Um, scary, perfect villain voice. Um, really like him. And then the, the rest of the Furious Five are, are solid. And Oogway, Randall Duck Kim is the perfect guy to, like, I just can't imagine, like, if I look at that turtle and the model that they created, of course, that's the voice that comes out of him. He just sounds old and wise and frail, but extremely smart. So, yeah, that's kind of my overall thoughts on the, the cast. I probably won't talk about them too much. Um, but, yeah, Hans Zimmer, John Powell, the score. I, I just really love all the Kung Fu Panda music. Um, very, very fun and uplifting and, and, and good. Um, so, yeah, enough about that. Um, going into the synopsis. Um, right here we have Poe might just be the laziest, clumsiest panda in the Valley of Peace, but he secretly dreams of becoming a kung fu legend. When the villainous snow leopard, Tai Lung, threatens Poe's homeland, the hapless panda is chosen to fulfill an ancient prophecy and defend the valley from attack. Training under Master Shifu, Poe embarks on an epic, high-kicking adventure as he sets out to thwart Tai Lung's evil plans. So I think these are interesting. Like, I, I don't really know where they come from. I just Google, like, Kung Fu Panda synopsis or, like, Short Term 12 synopsis. 
knives out synopsis and that's just what google kind of gives you as that first answer but i'm guessing it's this seems like it's from like the studio that makes them uh it's not really just like a log line it's not like something that imdb created or anything um and i think this is kind of like interesting just to pick apart some of these things because poe it says he might be the laziest clumsiest panda in the valley of peace but he is the only panda there in the valley of peace um and then talk about um how panda poe he has to um embark on this epic high kicking adventure um which there's not really an adventure which is it's kind of interesting because um when we get into like the act two of this movie like the new world is not typically what's in the hero's journey usually like when you leave act one and go into this new world you're going on an adventure outside of like your regular place where you're like chasing the villain or the goal or whatever but in a way like act two is in a very safe space and the conflict doesn't come from the danger that's like you know tai lung it comes from the conflict between shifu and po and like the furious five and ugwe and it's, it's very interesting and that the, the way the story is told is unique which i'll talk about a little bit later but i i like and it was something that i i didn't recognize or realize until this viewing watching it in 2022 but yeah and the last thing um it says as he sets out to thwart tai lung's evil plans which again he doesn't really set out to do it like tai lung comes to them but also tai lung's evil plans he doesn't really he's not like an evil mastermind that kind of comes off as he's like oh he's scheming he has this grand scheme of what he's gonna do to like take over the world and get power and stuff but that's not really it like tai lung's plans are mostly just like kind of like a revenge and i want the scroll and past that we don't know what he's gonna do with the scroll he just wants power and i think part of the character that goes into it is like it's not like he has this plan it's just like he wants that power and, and validation which we'll talk about a little bit later on but yeah um Again, this was another movie that I watched uh, during the pandemic and kind of wrote thoughts about. So here's what I said in 2022. I wrote a little paragraph about Kung Fu Panda. I said, the animation is outstanding for 2008. Um, The action scenes are so fluid and creative and cool. Poe is such a likable, pure character, and Jack Black is fantastic. Everything works so well because you love Poe. I love the mythology and the world building that they hint at and create. The Furious Five is so interesting and are all distinctly different um, that you want to learn so much more about them. Dustin Hoffman is great and Shifu's arc is very nice, seeing him soften up. There's a simple message, but it's effective and it hits home. Tai Lung is such a scary and intimidating villain. His action sequences are mind-blowing. The comedy is perfect, it works for kids, but it's subtle and really funny. They don't focus too much on trying to get a laugh. The third act is just a crowd pleaser and it feels so good. The callbacks are perfect. This is the best animated movie of all time. Change my mind. Um, at this point, well, there's like a few things that I just kind of want to respond to myself. Like, yes, I still think that animation is freaking amazing. Poe is amazing. The action scenes are great. Um, I think that um, Dustin Hoffman and Shifu's arc, I don't think I quite understood it to the full extent when I watched this in 2020. Like, there's a lot of new things that I picked on, nuances, a little bit of, you know, jumps and leaps in logic but i think in ways that um i kind of filled in the blanks myself for shifu that makes sense i think um i think the comedy is not perfect it's good um but yeah i really like how it doesn't like try to get a laugh that kind of thing the third act is still like a crowd pleaser but it's it's not just like only a crowd pleaser there's a lot of emotional um kind of payoff too and it's fun um and it's not the best animated movie of all time i don't think um there's some others that are in the running i think i like 
um, into the Spider-Verse, like, a whole lot. Um, there's also a lot of animated movies, like the, um, like, Studio Ghibli films that I, I should probably watch, but I have never gone around to. Um, so this is probably, out of personal bias, like, my favorite. Um, and, yeah, probably, but not the best, though. So, yeah, I have a, like, long history with Kung Fu Panda and stuff. Like, uh, we went to watch it in the theaters um, when it came out, and I remember I was, I was, like, kind of, like, doing well for a little bit but I was a little bit of a scaredy cat right and I could not handle the bridge scene where um the Furious Five and Tai Lung fight and Tai Lung just beats the crap out of the Furious Five um and I had to like leave during that scene I you know exited the movie I think that Kung Fu Panda and Happy Feet were the only two movies that I like walked out of because I was too scared for that movie and and I just couldn't handle it because I was a scaredy cat but like now looking back the bridge scene is one of my favorite scenes because of the action. The action is so cool, and also it features the Furious Five, which I really love Poe. I also really love Shifu, but there's so much untapped potential that the Furious Five have, and seeing a team work together. It's like basically the Avengers, but in the Kung Fu Panda universe. Like, they work together, their team dynamic, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember back in the Linrose house, I would just put um, this DVD of Kung Fu Panda in, and then I would just rewatch the bridge scene over and over and over and over and over again and I, I know the lines very well i know like the story beats pretty well i know the music um if i hear the music i know like what point in the fight that they're at all that stuff i've analyzed the fight all over and over again it's really good i'm a huge fan of the movie and also like that fight scene in particular um i've also like watched the the nickelodeon series you know kung fu panda the legends of awesomeness which i i think it was very good i think um considering most um, TV shows that kind of expand on a movie usually kind of seem stupid or like not really canon, but I, I really like a lot of the the mythos that they kind of go into and the characters do seem mostly like similar, except for Tigress who they kind of try to give her a little bit more um, and it doesn't really totally go in line with um, her character development in like Kung Fu Panda 2 and stuff, um, but it's still like not egregiously out of like pocket, you know? Um, and so, like, I've also watched most of the specials, like, the, the holiday specials. I, I've watched The Secrets of the Furious Five. I've watched the, um, the Uguay one where, I don't remember the name, but I think it was the Secrets of the Scroll, something like that, with Uguay and uh, the Rhino, Croc, um, and uh, what's what's the dude with, the, um, with like, the horns? Uh, Thundering Rhino, the the Croc, and the Ram? No, not the Ram. The the, the warthog something like that i don't remember um i've watched the specials i watched all three movies of course um last year um during christmas i watched all three like because I, I got them the dvd pack with like all three movies together and all the special features so um one day i would like watch kung fu panda then i would watch the docu uh, the co commentary the director's commentary afterwards and then i'd watch kung fu panda 2 and the director's commentary after that and then Kung Fu Panda 3, which didn't have director's commentary, which was kind of disappointing, but also, like, Kung Fu Panda 3 is probably the worst out of the three. Um, so, like, yeah, I've really consumed this a lot. I had the action figures from, like, the Happy Meals. I had those toys. I had Viper. I had Monkey. Um, I didn't have Poe. I think I had uh, Mantis, too. I, I really remember wanting um, Tigris. Like, I've played with a Crane one before. I remember that. But I never was able to get Tigris. Um, I don't know where they are now, but... I had those toys. I also had the croc accessories of um, Poe, Shifu, and Monkey. I remember crying to get that. Like, Dad, I want it so much, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and like Monkey and Viper were my Gmail profile picture for a little while. It was like 
that shot where they're on the bridge and um monkey kind of puts out his arm and viper kind of slides on it before she like jumps off and hits tai lung in like the chest and i always like shipped them together which uh that was before i knew that they were two different species that probably wouldn't work together but they seem like they would go together i don't know maybe it was because the two the only like two asian members of the furious five you know voice them like lucy Liu and jackie chan but yeah i don't know like kung fu panda has been a thing for all my life basically i've loved it for a very long time i've consumed so much of the content i know a lot about it um so this movie i've watched probably upwards of 10 times maybe um and watching a movie like that so often you you know all the beats and the story points and all that stuff and so it, it's kind of weird watching it because you know where things are going but you kind of missed out on some of the complexities and the nuances of the plot and stuff but but then um another thing is that you pick up on more of the complexities of the emotional arcs which i think is good um but just sometimes like the logic things uh don't always like you can't really see logical errors when you've watched it over and over again because you just already make that like logical leap that like oh that makes sense to me or whatever and you, you're kind of blind to some of the faults there um but yeah it, it's a give and take i think um but yeah so let's kind of talk about the main portion of this movie which is poe you know he's the main character and he has this really great arc that i like you know he starts his life dreaming um about being this warrior about this kung fu master but he he doesn't believe uh, uh, you know in himself he's embarrassed to talk about his dream he's also he doesn't seem to like try to do kung fu because i'm guessing in this world there's probably like kung fu like little clinics or places or dojos where you can kind of like practice or uh, you know learn for fun or whatever not at like a high level that master shifu would be teaching but um there's no indication that Poe um, is doing that because his dad doesn't even really know that he has this passion for Kung Fu, right? Um, so he's embarrassed to talk about it, and he, he won't even try um, because he's like, can't see himself as being a hero, right? Like, there's also the idea of stereotypes there, right? Like, people, other people, other animals in the Valley of Peace can't see him as the dragon warrior when he's, he's chosen, right? Um, and I think that it's a very good message of, oh, he now learns to believe in himself and then he knows that he is enough, you know, as he says at the end, like, it's just you. And um, that's, I think it's a very good, good message. Um, and I think we see, like, after the midpoint when uh, they learn that Tai Lung has escaped and Wu Wei is dead so that there's no one else but the dragon warrior who can stop Tai Lung. Like, Poe has also given up on himself. Like, the only thing that was keeping him there, it wasn't because, like, oh, I can do this. He just said, the only reason was you that like you're the greatest kung fu teacher in all of china shifu like there was the belief that you could help me and change me and turn me into not me um and that's the entire thing like he wants to be turned into something that he is not um but the scroll helps him learn that you are enough and like belief in yourself is more important than like all these like special skills or whatever and i think one thing that i really liked visually at the end um at the end when the dust settles after the skadoosh and all that, that the wushi finger hold, we see like this silhouette of Poe kind of walking through the streets of um, the Valley of Peace and all, all like the, the pigs and the, the geese are gathered around. They're like, oh, who is this? Like he looks like this mysterious hero kind of thing. And it was kind of like the dream that we saw in the beginning of where, how he's walking down that little, little bridge walkway where he has this cool hat and this cape that's super cool. But then we see as he comes into the light, he is just regular Poe. Um, he has a walk on his head and he has an apron, which is like, you know, calling to just his roots. He's just a 
the noodle boy from across the street, right? And he's coughing, and it's kind of like, oh, like, heh, like a little subversive. Oh, we thought it was cool, but no, it's just it's just Poe, right? Like, he doesn't look cool, and I think it fits so well with the, like, messaging, right? Um, The good messaging for the kids, right? Like, he is still the same Poe, right? Like, he is not suddenly cool and buff and everything, right? It's just a mindset shift, and it's like the same kind of vibe that um, the ending of The Edge of Seventeen has, and I really like that because a lot of times it's not about the external change. It's just like how you see the world, right? Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was that was very good and um, something that resonated with me a lot. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Um, but I think it's about how like the entire movie Poe wants to change himself. He, he wants to be different, right? Like he tells, um, Shifu, like, how are you going to change me into the dragon warrior? And the thing is like, he doesn't need to be changed. And, you know, um, that, that, that was the whole expectation. Like when you see the, uh, the dragon scroll, you learn about all the universe. You can feel it move around you. You can hear a butterfly's wing beat. Like, it's like you have some transformation and some, some enlightenment, some knowledge and, some change externally but um it, that's not the thing like the whole point is like oh you don't need to change you can use your strengths as i mean your weaknesses or your just like quirks and things like that as your strengths and i think that's something good uh, turning your weaknesses into strengths is something i i really like uh thematically and also i just think that's good that the thing that he was chasing this entire time about trying to change himself that's not the answer right um and also like I think this movie doesn't work without Shifu, right? Um, and Shifu's past is very, very interesting. And also his arc is really good. And I think um, a big thing, he says he needs to like learn to let go of the illusion of control, right? He needs, he tries to control Tai Lung from escaping from prison. He tries to like have his hand on that um, situation, but you know, he ends up causing it, right? And I think this is where we kind of get a little bit into the silver screen soul searching a little bit earlier this time, because this idea of the illusion of control um and trusting your master and like just like kind of trusting and going with the things that are not according to your plan it's like been so resonant to me in the last year or so um because it is very much like the bible and like some of the messaging that we have when trusting jesus right um i think the illusion of control is just wow, like that phrase itself is so hard hitting because like control is when you are in control, when you have things going well according to your plan and you feel like you're stable and you have security, right? Because you know what's going on and you can control it. But just realizing that, that like, I am never actually in control, like, that is just an illusion. Um, God is, <laughs> he's ruling over everything, right? And I think just kind of realizing that is something that's hard to explain, but it's it's freeing, right? It's, like Uwe says, you're, you're never going to find peace until you kind of allow the panda to be what he needs to be right and finding peace like giving up control seems like why would i ever want to do that but that gives you peace like there's a burden that's being lifted off you um and that's something that i've really felt like with tiger um i think i was so wanting to control all these new writers and what i wanted them to be like i needed to create you into a good sports writer or just a writer in general in like the way that i see a sports writer should be or a writer should be you know um without seeing who they are like meeting them where they are at and kind of 
seeing where they are good and where they're bad and helping them just become the best version of themselves. And um, I think in trying to be controlling, you know, I, I obviously like took away a lot of their joy. And that was something that um, I need to realize that like, hey, maybe my plan is not the greatest. And I, that's something that when I didn't get editor in chief, I was really mad about, but um, kind of letting go of control and realizing that like there are reasons why this happened um, you know, there are no accidents, that kind of thing. And I, I really do think that God didn't let me be the editor-in-chief because I definitely could not handle it. I could have done a lot worse um, if I was the editor-in-chief and stuff like that. And I think that in the end, you see that the product of what happened, Tiger Newspaper, we were Silver Crown Award winners for 2021. And now we're going to be Silver Crown or Gold Crown. We don't know yet, but we're going to be Crown um, Award winners for 2022. So in my years of being a sports editor, my years of being a, a print managing editor as well, both nationally recognized. And obviously during those times, I thought like, wow, this sucks. These people are never going to be good. The tiger's just going to die and all this kind of stuff. But I think um, realizing that my plan, because obviously when I went in with like this preconceived notion of what's going to happen, um, it obviously didn't happen because you have to work with other people and, you know, you don't always get what you want, right? Um, but that plan it didn't work out and when I thought like oh this is gonna fail like it, it, it didn't like we were na nationally recognized and that goes to show that like I don't know everything and also um letting go I think midway through my senior year I kind of tried to let go and and be more of a mentor and a guide instead of like a strict dictator right and um when you let go of that control I think you you can create these these bonds and relationships and in ways that I was just so stubbornly seeing um so I really thought that was good, but also just finding peace in in life in general, other than Tiger. Like recently, I, I think that um, putting my trust and faith in God is something that's very hard to do because it's very abstract and um, it's not tangible, right? Um, you, it's like how do you do that? How do you how do you kind of go about that? And that, that's something that I still haven't really figured out yet. Um, but a lot of it is just talking about peace and like because problems are always going to come and something that I've really learned through the, the last year is you know peace in the way that the world thinks is just like you don't have any problems everything's going good you're happy um but Jesus never promises that in the Bible um you know he talks about how we're going to struggle how we're going to be persecuted and how it's going to be rough and he he says like I give you my peace but not as like the world gives peace and his peace is it's not the absence of problems it is the presence of God and and his the hope in him that you know we we have something better to look forward to than this earth and it's not our home and i, I don't want to get too preachy about this but i think that this is just something that has really resonated with me because um now it's it's weird operating knowing that you have this eternal thing to look forward to and that you have something that no matter what's going on you can have trust and hope and you can rest in something you can you can lean on something that won't shift or change. And I think one thing that I kind of struggled with early on in college days when I was calling myself Obadiah, right? Um, it was like a joke, obviously, because, you know, I like to lie and stuff. But like going to USC and getting rejected as a screenwriting major and only getting into my second choice major that I didn't really want, you know, journalism, that was that was tough, right? And you go to a place where everyone is really good at something like this is USC is a very good school, you know, not, not, not the best, but it's a very good school. And there's so many talented people, you know, you have the computer science people who are just, this is their life. This is, they spent their entire life doing all like these projects or whatever. And then you have 
the music people who are just so good at singing or, you know, instruments and playing and producing or whatever. And then you have your film kids who are just so into the film and theory and all that stuff. And, you know, you got your smart people, your creative people who are really good at their craft and they've done amazing things, right? And getting there to that point and seeing that, I just realized like, oh, okay, all the things that I thought my, I, that made me cool, like all the other journalism students were in their school newspaper as like the high editors. Everyone else has a podcast. Everyone else, you know, played four years of varsity um, sports and all that stuff. And everyone else can like play the drums and make jokes and everything like that. And a lot of the stuff that I put my like worth in, like, oh, this is what I am. Like I'm a basketball player. I, I like sports. I have a podcast. I, I like movies. I, I do this. I do that. Um, even like in a way, like I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. Like I've met so many other pastor's kids. So like that specialty, that uniqueness about me, I was like, well, this is, I mean, everyone else seems so much better than me. Like other pastor's kids seem to know more and they're like more spiritual and more holy and all that stuff. Um, so like I was putting my identity in something that would always shift. Like, you know, my academics are going to go up and down. I, I got my first B plus in my life this first semester. Um, and my like podcast is going up and down, right? We've had a lot of shifts and changes and my relationships with other people are going to go up and down. My skill in basketball is going to go down. Well, cause you know, I'm getting old, like I feel old now, that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, this time, like I was like, Mal, this Matthew, he's not cool enough. He's not good enough. He doesn't cut it. Right. So I, I put up this persona of Obadiah who, you know, he likes ketchup on bananas, you know, he cooks and he, he's someone who lives in Parkside, like I lied about so many things. And, you know, I thought it was funny, but I think it was just a really a coping mechanism to, um, to just like, not have to deal with the fact that like, I kind of feel inferior to other people. Um, but I just one day I, I was talking to this one Christian challenge senior who works with the freshmen. Um, and he kind of asked me like, why, why do you decide to, you know, make yourself be named Obadiah? And I said, I kind of talked about this, like this identity crisis where like how I feel like, you know, like, what am I like coming here? I feel very diluted. Like do, what, what worth do I have? And then later he kind of pulled out um, the next day, he pulled out this like lesson plan about identity and verses and stuff. And um, then it he, there's this one verse that I, I really like now um, that I it's um, it's in Romans. I think it's uh, Romans eight. 16 through 17. Um, now the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If we are God's children, then we are heirs, um, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And I think just thinking about that, like God loved me so much that he elevated me to um, co-heir status with um, Jesus. And, you know, knives out the last last time I kind of talked on my own was this is like whole like inheritance of things and like Jesus made me the same level as you know like all the other thrombies of like what they you know should deserve and that, that stuff and I think that is just exceptionally crazy and I, I think w one thing that I also kind of struggle with is like the thought of if like other people can like me like can, they can truly like who I am um and this this semester at USC I just kind of like came to the like realization i don't really know how it happened but like the thought of like god loves you yeah but like did you know he also like likes you and just knowing that there's someone who likes me and cares about me and loves me no matter what like despite my flaws and um 
because of the things that I'm good at too is just someone who whose love and liking will never waver is something that's really just kind of been mind-blowing for me um but also it, it helps with that piece and you know letting go of the illusion of control because it's someone I can trust um so yeah it's like <laughs> Kung Fu Panda is like so much like the bible and some of its messaging that I thought it was crazy um a little bit early for the um soul searching on the silver screen silver screen soul searching but you know I, it was like kind of like a natural segue but um let's kind of talk about Shifu a little more his past um and I think you know we get that flashback with um Tigress talking about Shifu we also get a little few flashbacks during the Shifu Tai Lung fight um kind of giving some more context a little bit from Tai Lung's perspective but I think here's here's kind of what I think that Shifu was very much like Tai Lung before he became a master and before he became this teacher right he was I think in the same way he was arrogant extremely skilled and talented um he was ambitious he had like great ideas and goals for what he wanted I think he probably wanted the dragon squirrel too um coming in as a as a young red panda um and at some point Uwe decided that he wasn't going to be the dragon warrior because obviously you know this scroll is right there and Shifu he kind of understand it stands it he like takes it but there's still like resentment and a little bit of bitterness that comes up there like Uwe I probably like did everything that you asked I, I trained really hard I am a master at my craft and like I am trying to like you know be a good person and I, I think I am a pretty good person but you're, you're denying me of this like that's kind of that's rough right um and so he kind of stews like sits in that you know and you Shifu's not a bad person so he's, he doesn't go crazy Tai Lung um but now when like Tai Lung comes around and he shows up at, at the doorstep and he takes him in um it's like the classic idea of like a parent trying to live out their failed dreams through their child um and I think like he really loves Tai Lung because like, Tai Lung is very much like him he's very skilled um very talented and, and cute and all that stuff right um and it it blinds him right he says that like my pride and my love for you it, it blinded me I'm sorry um and it, it hardens him as a teacher um kind of like after what happens with Tai Lung right he fills Tai Lung's heads uh, head with like dreams and he puts these expectations like oh if you you train like you could be the dragon warrior like you could be that one who's kind of like the savior for the valley of peace right and Shifu's a lot to blame for that he created Tai Lung's um like issues and he created his his demon right um Tai Lung says all he ever did he was he did to like make you proud like he was the one that kind of gave him this notion that like oh the dragon scroll is what makes you great um and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later on when like we talk about self-worth and like what makes you good or great or like worthy and stuff um but yeah like after seeing that kind of failure and like what he did with Tai Lung what he created like it hardens him as a teacher he's like he's not able to open up and love and show affection as much because you know Tai Lung he messed up right um and I, I really like this Poe and Shifu relationship and I think this is the foundation that the, the movie works on um like i like how it's kind of opposite um like poe loses belief in shifu over time and shifu gains belief in poe as the movie progresses um and like that's how like their arcs are tied together and they, they mo make each other better which i think is what a good friendship and relationship does um poe like reaches his full potential by believing in himself and he saves the valley which you know it gives shifu peace um and also like it gives Shifu peace because he has finally trained this person he has mentored this person to becoming great and becoming the dragon warrior and becoming what he always wanted to see come into fruition right and then 
On the other hand, Shifu allows Poe to blossom because he really realizes that Poe has potential and he sees him for what he could be, not because not he doesn't see him as what like the world sees him as, as like, oh, this panda who's fat and can't be anything, right? Like, and Shifu has to learn to trust Uwe, let go of this control in order for that to happen. So like each other's arcs only happen because of each other. So it's kind of like this infinity thing where like they help each other. And I really like that. Um, and right before he's about to give him the dragon scroll, not really give him, but like allow him to go get the dragon scroll. Shifu calls Poe, Poe for the first time instead of just calling him Panda. And seeing at that point, like they have earned each other's respect and um, he has seen that, like, wow, you are good. You are great at what you do, and you're worthy of this, right? And I, I really like that. And just little looks that Shifu makes as, like, their relationship progresses. Like, during the training montage, sometimes he's like, oh, this is, like, kind of interesting. Like, this guy, he has potential. He's good. Like, I can see him being good. And um, during that, like, big fight, you know, the, the training over, like, the dumplings and stuff, Shifu, when he sees, like, Pokemon running and as he, like, bounces the tum- uh, the dumpling off his tummy and stuff like that he, he kind of sees in awe and like wow this this guy he is he is something which i, I really like seeing him come to like respect poe which is really nice um and let's kind of talk about tai lung which is i i think it's really good how when i'm talking about this like i'm, I'm having trouble kind of um categorizing and going through this in a in a, like a logical way in one flow because all of these little things tai lung Poe, Shifu, they're all interconnected um, because, you know, what Poe did with Shifu is because Shifu had this experience with Tai Lung and Tai Lung is what he is because of um, Shifu and also Tigris is also what she is because of um, Shifu, which is because of what they, you know, had with Tai Lung and that's because Shifu was this person that got denied the dragon scroll because of Uguay and Uguay's wisdom. So it's all interconnected and Uguay is trying to get Shifu to realizes potential by like helping fill uh, Poe's destiny and stuff like that and it's just really good so it's a lot of scrambled stuff I think um but yeah anyways Tai Lung is a great villain and um I think it's because he's you, you can really sympathize with him and empathize with him as well and it's it makes a lot of sense why it happens it's, it's because of the broken characters um and a lot of it is because of Shifu um the um kind of just environment that he was grown up in but also it's Tai Lung himself too but basically he was looking for validation ever since he was young right um Shifu gave him that idea if you get the dragon scroll you'll be great that kind of thing so he trained he trained and he trained um because he was like I'm not good enough by myself right he's been fed this these lies that like oh I need something else to make me worthy to make me great to make me a amazing warrior or whatever right everything he does like it needs to contribute to him getting towards like the ultimate goal like the dragon scroll and I think that that can speak to a lot of people who are um, just like now, like academically trying to push themselves like crazy because like, oh, if I get into this college or get into this job, like that is what is going to make me like good enough or like that's going to make me fulfill whatever. Um, and obviously we know that like, you know, it's first high school grades, then college acceptance and then college grades and then internships and then jobs. And it keeps going, right? Like there's no stopping there. You can always be greater than you are, right? Um, but yeah, so when he doesn't get it, he doesn't get the dragon scroll. He's not earn it i guess um he feels betrayed by the one closest to him like by his father right and that that's that's like hard um his father his master his teacher the one he's always been like working to impress um obviously like he he sees that he has evil in his heart and he's like wow you shifu you really just are gonna say no because ugwe said so like that's weak um i've done everything you've asked and he's been 
he believes that he's been denied his destiny, right? He's very angry. He's been denied the one thing that can actually make him a great person, right? Um, which, which hurts, right? Um, in whatever definition that the great person is. Um, and after years in prison, right, he's, he's bitter and angry. So he goes for the scroll. Like this is basically his, his plan. It's not really much, but he, he wants the scroll for himself. It's not for like a, something that he wants to do with the scroll, right? Um, and Shifu's apology, you see for a little bit, Tai Lung, his expression kind of like, oh, like when Shifu says like, I am proud of you. Um, I've always been proud of you. Um, you see that like he gets that validation from his father, from his, his master. And oh, wow, like that, that hits home. It just kind of breaks his hard, mean, evil facade for just a little bit. But he's too far gone, right? Um, Because his apology now won't do anything because now it's just words, right? Like, are words really enough? Like, it won't make him feel like he's worth it, like he's good enough, right? So, But the scroll will do that because if he opens the scroll, then he gets all this power and he finally becomes great. The, the great warrior that he's always wanted to be and he's always told that he could be right but then it's empty and he like it's blank right there's nothing it's just kind of like a shining shimmery thing that like reflects back to you right and it's empty and he, he like it can't be right like he rejects the notion that he is special on his own because his entire life he's been told the opposite like in order to be great you have to be focusing on this thing and you have to go get that thing so it's it's just really it's like a huge shock for him you know when that eventually happens right um and I think it, it has a good comparison between Poe and Tai Lung and who they are as characters and how they've been brought up. Because when Shifu um, tells like Tai Lung that he could be great and he could be the dragon warrior as a child, like that's the whole foundation of um, how he grows up in his childhood. Like Poe is the opposite, right? Like all of his life, he has been told he can't be anything. You're just a fat panda. You can't be a kung fu warrior. You're too fat. You're flabby. You're this. You're that. You, you suck. You're never going to be anything great, right? And then when they're both told that they are enough on their own it like they have two different reactions to it because of what they've always believed as children and just growing up for Poe it's an eye-opening shift in perspective like wow I can be enough for everyone has always told me that I can't be it but it feels good to know that like I have power in my own self but for Tai Lung it feels like a joke like it cannot be like there's no way because everything my right reality has been built around says the opposite and they're both products of the situation that they were brought up in and i think that's very just interesting how they kind of like juxtapose one another um and you kind of see this a little more with like shifu's relationship with tai lung and, and po you know tai lung is obviously like that first son for him right and shifu kind of like what he wanted to do he was um projecting onto tai lung right he, he trained tai lung in his image right like if i can't be the dragon warrior then my child being it is probably the next best thing right he was training and molding tai lung to be what he wanted him to be, um, what he wanted himself to be, right? And through that, darkness grew inside of Tai Lung because he was filling his head with, you know, arrogance and with, um, like, the entitlement, I think. And for Po, Shifu doesn't train him to be in Shifu's image, right? Like, he trains him to be the best version of him. So he trains Po to be Po, right? Like, Shifu's guiding him, not, like, forcefully directing him, right? Like, he knows that he can't train Po like he did the five. And it's the same thing that Ugwe said with the peach tree, like, um, you may wish for an apple or an orange, but this tree will grow to give you peaches, right? And I think that that is a reference, that the apple and the orange, that's a reference to Tai Lung, right? At some point, Shifu tried to make Tai Lung, who is, let's say like a, he's a watermelon. He tried to make Tai Lung into an apple or an orange. Tai Lung, we don't really know much about him because so much of his character is built based off of his like relationship with Shifu and what Shifu has created him to be. Um, so yeah, like Shifu openly 
like without a plan or um just kind of preconceived notions or biases or conceptions like that he openly guided Po into becoming the dragon warrior and Shifu forcefully wanted to make Tai Lung into something he's not and that created a villain right um and also there's like a, a, a like a half-baked idea that I kind of had that I would like to think about a little bit more maybe I have to watch some of the other movies and watch this one again but um there's something that was interesting about like the first training like spar that Shifu has with the rest of the Furious Five um when he gives them notes like oh uh, good job if you're trying to disappoint me. Tigress, you need more ferocity. Monkey, greater speed. Crane, height. Viper, subtlety. Mantis, and then we don't get to hear um, what it is because, you know, Zang interrupts. But it seems like the Fantastic... Whoa, whoa, I was about to say Fantastic Four. Wow, weird. The Furious Five are all masters of their natural abilities, which, yes, I, I understand that parts of it comes out of, like, the Kung Fu styles in Chinese culture and just basically how, like, tigers are in nature and monkeys are in nature and stuff like that. But, um, like... Maybe there's some heavy-duty conjecture. But Shifu only trained them and is only training them to become what he thinks that they should be, right? Like, um, tiger's got to be fierce. Monkey's got to be fast. Like, crane, height. I think that was kind of funny because, like, you know, you're tall. Like, that kind of thing. And vipers can be subtle. Like, snakes are subtle like that. And, you know, for him, Poe, a panda, is useless. Like, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, maybe just who tigress, monkey, crane, viper, mantis, like, their potential is also capped because of what shifu trained them to be like i don't want to make this out as like shifu is a villain it's like he's a misguided leader which i can really relate to because you know tiger and stuff um he has done a lot of great things he finally learns how to do with poe and i think i hopefully i learn how to finally be a leader at some point but yeah like i just think that might be something interesting where he also tried to put um the furious five in their own box and even though they're good and great like they're not what they could be overall you know um yeah so kind of moving on to another master Uguay. Uguay is, I like Uguay a lot. Um, you know, he's so calm and also he like, he's like a wise character, but he doesn't pretend to know everything or to be like overly wise or like, you know, you don't get the, the sense that he's trying to be wise, right? He has like the levity about it. Like, you know, he says when um, Shifu comes up to him like, Master, Master Uguay, I have some bad news. And he's like, ah, oh, old friend, there is no good news or bad news. There is only news. And then, you know, Shifu's like, wait, but Tylung has escaped from prison. Your vision was right. And he was like, that is bad news. If you do not believe that the panda can stop him. And stuff like that is like, yeah, it's funny, like a, a joke, like that is bad news. But also like, he still comes back to that wiseness. Um, and like, there's just some of his quotes that are so great in, in this movie that, um, I don't know, just, I don't know how to respond to them, but because they're just so eye-opening, I think. Um, there's there's one, you know, when he's talking to Poe, after Poe is like eating all the peaches um, from the tree and he's kind of feeling bad because he sucked at training he says yesterday is history tomorrow is a mystery but today is a gift that is why it is called the present and that's something that I resonate with so much because I not resonate with it because like I, I don't follow this all the time um, I'm always thinking about the past or about the future about I'm thinking about what could be and I'm also thinking about like what has been and what where I failed or things like that um, and that's part of the line that he says before like before he says that he says, you are con too concerned with what was and what will be. There's a saying, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. And yeah, I'm just too concerned with that. And like a lot of times, focusing, staying in on the moment. And I remember watching this, um, I watched this yesterday, and I was trying to like kind of put the pieces back together. Like, oh, but like, so if you're, you're saying just like focus on the moment, but like in the moment that like Poe is really bad at Kung Fu. And so like, 
in this moment, how can I focus on that if like I ever like ever want to defeat Tai Lung and get at the level? And I thought like, whoa, whoa, I'm doing it right now. I'm being too concerned about what will be in because tomorrow is a mystery. We don't know. And I don't know. It's it's a weird way of trying to think. And like, even though I think a lot of people, including myself, like try to like understand on that base level, like we still do it. And in even hearing that quote, I was still thinking too much and being concerned too much with what will be. Um, and you just kind of got to focus on what you have right now enjoy it but also focus on where you are right now and just improve a little bit today that kind of thing that's something that um kobe kobe thought like and did like this year i'm just gonna get better at this one thing today i'm gonna get better like that's all i kind of want to do just get better um at this moment better than i was like yesterday you know that kind of thing um and then there's another quote that is from Uwe that's really good one often meets his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it. And I think this, you know, obviously talking about the illusion of control, which I've talked about a lot already, but I think it's it's really good. And I also just like the poeticness of that in storytelling where like there's an inevitability about some things um, that you try to fight, but it's just something that is going to happen. Um, and there's another one, uh, which is more a lot about leadership and mentoring and kind of guiding people, which is something that I did in Tiger newspaper and something that I, I still think is going to be very prevalent and relevant to me in my life now um it says look at this tree i cannot make it blossom when it suits me nor make it bear fruit before its time no matter what you do that seed will grow to be a peach tree you may wish for an apple or an orange but you will get a peach and shifu says but a peach cannot defeat tai lung and ugwe responds maybe it can if you're willing to guide it to nurture it to believe in it and this is just straight up speaking to me during my tiger times and we already know all about that but yeah wow that is and i think sometimes in myself like sometimes i think i try to be like other people or other people that i think are cool like why am i you know a strawberry trying to be like an apple or an orange or a peach i should be focused on you know working on myself to be the best strawberry that i can be um yeah and there's the next one where um during this time uh she was like oh shoot like your vision and um Uwe kind of touches the water of that pool and he says your mind is like this water my friend when it is agitated it becomes difficult to see but if you allow it to settle the answer becomes clear and oftentimes I think you know just how we think we run on emotions a lot and we're like ah oh my gosh oh no no like this is happening this is crazy like sometimes you just kind of gotta let yourself settle and um yeah and then also like the last one that I, I still really like my old friend the panda will never fulfill his destiny, nor you yours, until you let go of the illusion of control. And I've already said enough about that, but yeah, let's let's move on. I think I want to talk about um, the color symbolism in this movie and in the director's commentary um, that I, I listened to a little while ago. They talked about the color schemes and trying to be like very intentional with like the symbolism that they had behind each color. And I think it's, it's pretty simple because blue is bad, orange is good, and warmth, you know, versus cold, that kind of thing. Um, orange is warm blue is cold and then also like red is rage um and in the prison scenes it's all like very it's like a blue hue you know it's in the cold in like the mountains with snow um and as tiling escapes it's like an interesting detail that they talked about each level and area that he takes out kind of like each flat landing um of the pre- prison as he goes up and up um the light turns red as he defeats all the people and goes to the next one and it's like his wrath coming into play and he's taking it out on them and I think that's really cool. And afterwards, when he escapes at the end and he kind of stands and tells Zhang, like, oh, go, ba- go back there and fly and tell them that the real dragon warrior is coming home. You know, that kind of thing. After that, like, his dark shadow 
like literally looms over the colorful orange like valley of peace and i think that that transition was really nice and really cool but um just yeah kind of seeing that contrast is nice um and like the bridge fight with tai lung it's like in a gray muted colder bluish hue and all the flashbacks um with tigress like when she talks about shifu it's all in orange um and tai lung is bathed in an orange light when he's around shifu and before like he kind of turns dark and that kind of thing but when he is denied the scroll when he takes out all his rage on the city those stills are all doused in this fiery blue um and when you know shifu is waiting for tai lung to you know battle in front of the sacred hall of warriors like it's dark and black and then when tai lung kind of appears in that flash of lightning you know it's a blue flash of lightning and when that fight that they have it's covered in a blue tint and when he catches the fire in his hands it's like this fiery blue um which for a second i kind of want to talk about the powers that they have like um we have different levels of powers we have straight up like hand-to-hand combat and then we also see tai lung use the nerve attack and when ugwe defeats tai lung for the first time he does like not a nerve attack he kind of does like this little finger tapping thing that spread these circles around him um which, which are orange like that special attack is orange because it's good and tai lung's nerve attacks are blue which are interesting but also just like little things of like how that little finger tap nerve attack thing is probably just so much greater than tai lung's nerve attack um just like levels to that but also tai lung can use like he used manipulation like um he t- used telekinesis to like raise that rock out of like the rock of rubble out of the ground and like kicks it towards um shifu so like shifu and tai lung are just straight up above this whole thing um above the furious vibe and poe and shifu like he uses this kind of like light bluish kind of punch to like split it and stuff and, and things like that i'm like whoa there's a lot more that i kind of want explored with like power levels and stuff um but yeah but when at the end you know shifu and tai lung are fighting and it, it's covered in blue but then when poe comes to the fight day breaks in the background in the background behind him the sky is orange and, and the final fight is all in orange um so yeah like i think back to like the shifu punch thing that destroyed the the, the rock that um tai lung sent at him like it's interesting that it's lighter blue because they were very specific with the colors that they all use right um so is shifu not perfectly good i'm um, like he has a lot of darkness and like past troubles in him but I, I don't know it was like a different color shade of blue than um tai lung's blue which is also something that's interesting because tai lung's eyes are orange they're like the same orange that is the the good orange that we see bathed over the valley of peace and um with all the good people which i think is interesting because he's the only one in the movie that has these orange eyes which i think it kind of represents how like inside him he is like innately good like not innately good but like he was good and he could have been good he has the potential to be and he probably still could be now um but because of his you know situation and shifu and his own darkness inside of him he you know couldn't be there but like there's still always that flicker and i think you really see it when he softens his eyes when shifu apologizes and says i'm proud of you um that like it kind of really accentuates those orange eyes um there's still some good young little child in there that just wants to like please his father right um so yeah but kind of talking about some of the other characters um the furious five is so so cool i I really want more of them didn't really get them in like the sequels but let's kind of go through them first we have tigress right and i think um angelina jolie good great casting but like i feel like there's a couple of line reads that felt felt weird and off to me like um when mantis is kind of doing the the acupuncture with him and she's telling him the story of tai lung and shifu and the past and everything 
she's like, yeah, like, you know, uh, Tyling was really good and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Now, Shifu, he stuck with you, which, like, I feel like the emphasis shouldn't be, like, now he's stuck with you. He's stuck with you. I mean, like, just the way that she said that ever since I first watched it, I was like, that's a very interesting way to say it. Um, And also later when she's about to run away um, to go, like, beat Tyling herself, she says, like, this is what you trained me for. I feel like it, it it should be more like this is what you trained me for, but it's like more like this is what you trained me for. Like, which is kind of weird, like little minor things, but I feel like um, delivering those lines in a better manner could be, I don't know. Well, maybe for the other one, like, and now he's stuck with you. Like he's stuck with you. Like he can probably do it or like try to defeat Tai Lung by himself, but he's stuck with you. Like, as in like, he is kind of like chained to you, like where he needs to bring you along, which I, I think, I don't know, maybe that kind of works, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Um, but I like how you kind of, you get a lot of subtle, like just visual storytelling based on her. Like um, on the bridge fight, she strikes Tai Lung at a very interesting moment. Um, he says, finally, a worthy opponent. Our battle will be legendary, which is a really good dig at the whole entire Furious Five. I like how he's being cocky, but also like kind of teasing them because he knows none of them are the um, the Dragon Warrior, right? Um she's still seething over the dragon warrior thing like oh it probably should have been me and like all this stuff i hate poe that kind of thing and she she strikes tai Lung at that moment because she's just so angry and another thing that i thought was cool was you know in the arena where they had the, the like selection process for the dragon warrior after the announcement um and all the confetti is there like the fierce five they're all doing their bowing thing just kind of waiting there as like shifu's like what the heck and shifu kind of runs to the side to Uwe and he's like oh wait like you were about to t- point to Tigris and that thing just fell out of the sky. And you see in the background, Tigris perks up and looks at them like, when like, oh, you're about to point it at Tigris. And I think that at this point in the movie, Shifu hasn't like gone through any of this character development yet. He's like starting on that, that journey and that process. But I think Shifu thinks that it would probably be Tigris out of the five if, you know, Poe wasn't there. But I disagree. I think that's still him being in his same ways in the same thing as like, Tai Lung was because I think Tigris is very similar to Tai Lung and Shifu like they are you know like how I talked about how Poe Tai Lung and Shifu are very connected but I think Shifu Tigris and Tai Lung are even more so like Tigris is angry so much anger she's bitter she's powerful she's skilled and she's also expecting things like she is very similar to Tai Lung and just like the way they were brought up because she was brought in as an orphan which we kind of learn in the secrets of the Furious Five but we, we sort of see that like she is like that baby tigress is about the same size and age as like tai lung was when in a child and they're kind of like mirrored doing the same moves um she was never loved by shifu like tai lung was loved um and the way she says it like shifu loved tai lung like he never loved anyone before or since and you, you see after um baby tigress gets corrected by shifu by his staff like very just like apathetically and quietly her like face is all sad and and, and then it kind of fades into present time where Tigris face is still sad like that um so she is in a very similar way uh, as Shifu and I I think Shifu at that point when he was training Tigris and taking her in he wasn't really thinking of oh how should I change my like um teaching strategy or anything like that and how I should be a master and like no he's still kind of doing the same thing and he I think Tigris is kind of on a similar path to Tai Lung but since there's a Furious Five there's more people there it's the dynamic was a little bit different right um so I think that's very interesting but um the next one Monkey 
he's the jokester. He, there's not much more than that. Like, he was my favorite, obviously, because he was a monkey and he was acrobatic and super cool. Um, and Jackie Chan, I think he only has, like, six lines or seven lines in the movie. Um, but one thing that I really liked was we should hang out in the dream sequence. And, of course, in the dream, Monkey says it instead of, like, Poe saying to them, like, oh, we should hang out. Like, it's Monkey who does the initiating, which, like, is something that I relate to so much, like, something I've done in my daydream scenarios. Like, I have some daydreams where, like, you know, I'm in the movie business and, like, I'm working as a screenwriter and a director and I'm, like, with my cast and I have, like, these press junket interviews and, like, how we're all friends in real life and we hang out. And I always have, like, it's always something that, like, I kind of think of, like, oh, they say that they want to hang out with me or, like, they initiate stuff because then, you know, it you know, it really comes out of that, that same insecurity is like wanting to be liked and like worried if like other people can't actually like me. So like, um, the idea of like, Oh, they want to be my friends. Like that's only real if they offer and they surely like me too. And they take initiative, which is that little bit right there. I was like, Oh yeah, that is so, that made me relate to Poe so, so much. Um, but yeah, moving on to Crane, he's like a, he's an interesting guy. Like he was talking about the style. It's like Tigris is very like all power attack, attack, attack. Monkey is all acrobatics and kind of the speed and dodging and all this stuff and well not really dodging like just agility acrobatics being really quick and stuff like that crane is a lot of deflections you know he's in the training room he's deflecting all those um what do you call it uh arrows that come at him and then when he fights tigris tigris is all attacking and he's just kind of like defending and kind of backing up and spinning and all that stuff um and but also like i think something there's just interesting in the characterization of him like he was a really nice guy like in his room when poe comes into his room accidentally um he is very polite you obviously he's like annoyed about it but he's like nice and he's like oh like oh this is like you don't belong here like not here in general but like just in my room i'm trying to get to sleep like that kind of thing he's nice but outside i think it's interesting because like there's optics and he's with his other people and he needs to uh, keep up this like tough appearance you know and he's like joking with like the fierce five about how poe sucks and you know when he helps poe get up from the splits he says don't mention it ever and i was like well this is like a very different guy from like the the crane that we saw last night and i think i I just like those little details of seeing how these guys are different and stuff like that um and yeah moving on to viper which i really like because she's like the nicest the sweet mom kind of person and i think this uh this was interesting because when shifu is trying to get uh poe to quit on that first training day he makes some of the furious five face off against poe right um first it's viper um and i think that's because viper is the nicest she's the mom and she says like are you ready and he's like yes of course and she's like oh i'm sorry brother like i thought you said you were ready and that stuff like she's a nice one she's the mom and when like at the end like when chifu kind of fights uh poe himself and just kicks him out and he goes tumbling down the steps and bouncing you know mantis is like Haha, he's not gonna stop bouncing i'll tell you that <laughs> and then she gives him this little look to mantis like hey that's not very nice like a very motherly or big sister vibe um, so, like, I, I think that that's nice how Shifu, like, made Viper go first because, like, she's going to go the easiest on him. And, you know, he, he's ramping up the things. Like, he, he wants to, in a way, like, Shifu is nice, too, like, where he doesn't want to completely break Poe's spirit, but he needs to later on because Poe won't give up. And then I think um, just the way that it happens next is is Monkey and then Crane and then Mantis. And then he doesn't use Tigris, which is interesting because I know Tigris, I think he knows that Tigris would go way too crazy and go out and just straight up beat the poop out of um poe like crazy so yeah and then we have mantis uh or actually viper's fighting style i think it's a lot of like um evasive maneuvers and just like fluidity and um that kind of thing because she's a snake right obviously um and then mantis 
which I don't really know, like, his fighting style, per se. He, he's very much, like, you can see, like, Crane and Monkey are, like, jokey buddies and, and they're friends and stuff like that. Um, but Mantis, like, he is very fast and quick. He's, like, the element of surprise kind of thing. Um, and, and a lot of, like, the scenes where he's, like, fighting things, like, you just kind of don't even see him. He's just a blur, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. But talking about fighting and stuff, the action in this movie for a 2008 movie this is fantastic and this is why animation is so great because you can do things that you would never be able to do in live action it is fantastic there's about nine fights i think so there's the opening dream sequence you know in in the 2d where poe pretends to be this great master and then the second one we have a little uh training bit um the sparring match between shifu and the furious five and then after that we have the showcase and then we have um poe seeing the training hall like them doing all of their exercises on their you know with all of the like i don't know like the swinging brick things and like the the tumbling bowl that like crane is in and stuff like that and like the fire pit um and then we also have tai lung escapes and then shifu trains poe that kind of thing and then the furious five versus tai lung shifu versus tai lung and then tai lung versus poe at the end um i'm just gonna kind of talk about them a little, a little bit um the opening dream sequence animation is really cool it's like a, a very different thing um it's very fun. It, it is a dream sequence. Like, I, I think it's like the way he's like, sha, 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 ha, pooey, um, when he punches the first guy. Um, all that stuff is is fun. Also, I just like, um, I remember the, the swallow that Poe makes when he like eats that dumpling. I just think that's something that's really cool where, where I, the sound design in this movie is really great. Like all the, the punches of the Poe's belly or like the clanging of the, the little um chopsticks against the bowl when Shifu and... um who are fighting for that one um dumpling and stuff like that and the shooting of the crossbows well i'm using passive voice a lot the when the crossbows are shooting and stuff like that and um all the sound design sounds really really cool um especially when uh when titling at the end uses the nerve punch at poe's like fat belly um i really like that um so the opening dream sequence i mean it's cool nothing too great because there's so many better like fights here um the training montage is cool because um, it's like a little ambush and the, the music is great in this too. Um, and it's a nice little one shot that kind of just shows the skills of everyone um, and stuff like that. And I think this is something that I could watch like 10 times and also in slow motion just to watch each individual person fight and like what they do, which is, is really cool. Um, and the showcase where like they're about to dis- decide the Furious Five um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the world of like how this would work. Like they have a ceremony to show off the the skills. I, I, it feels like a very like commercial thing or just like a thing to get like the, the citizens involved because like the dragon warrior is a very big, like social icon um, that they need to be chosen. Cause like, I don't think like there's a lot of logical reasons why they would need to have the showcase. Cause um, Ugwe and Shifu, they, they know the furious five already. Like, they know what they can do and all their stuff. They know the full abilities and their weaknesses and all that stuff. I think this is just mostly just for show, for the citizens of the Valley of Peace, you know, that kind of thing. But I really like how they tease us with the action. They, they kind of start off with, like, um, showing Crane kind of facing off against um, the, the flames, the flaming tongues of fire, the 10,000, I, I forgot what it's called. Um, and then they just kind of show him going up into the air, just about to, like, start dodging and, you know, interacting with them. And then Poe falls off the the stairs and i think that little bit where he's trying to get in there just to watch is so fun we barely get to see any like 
action. We just see like the Furious Five jump from the sky, which is still very cool. Everything the Furious Five does is so cool. Um, but we finally get to see the um, Furious Five in action later in like the next one, the training kind of um, hall sequence where we see um, Tigris balancing on these like little like sea thingies and also hitting stuff and dodging them and blocking them. And then um, Crane and uh, Tigris sparring a little bit. Mantis going through his little, uh, I don't know, spinny arm spike thing, and then Viper doing her thing, and then Monkey on those like upper rings looks so cool. Like he's using his tail to kind of like go through that and fight and then punch, and then he's going through the ring at the end, like that slow motion scream and stuff. Which, okay, I want to talk about a few things. One of the like core. That's funny. Core, core curriculum things that they must do at the dojo is like the strength of weird, like um, a little bit like not what are they called? They're not like like arm thingies or tail thingies. Because when we're introduced to Uwe, he's like you just see the shell on the staff, but the way it is is like his neck is around the like little part of the staff where like that means his neck is holding up his body. He must have incredible neck muscles, and then also monkey when he's meditating he's just kind of sitting in midair just being supported by his tail which means like dude your tail must be extremely strong to do that and then at the end when tai lung kind of smashes into the ground after um post sends him into the sky with his belly right like he the imprint that's left in the ground when he crashes through you can see the tail which means the tail must be very strong like it's, it's a flimsy tail so there must be some muscles in those tails but i, I just think that's kind of interesting but th- that training scene is probably the first time poe sees them in action um like at all because it's not like you're going to like the battles there's no like video recordings or anything which i think is interesting um to know like how much other people know about like the furious five or how many they've seen in action which i guess is partly why they do that little ceremony thing because I mean, it's, like, not advertised usually, and, like, people don't really go there. Like, you, you can't really know much about it except for, like, writing them down in scrolls, like, what happened, you know? Um, but, yeah, the next one, Tai Lung Escapes. This is a fantastic scene with a great score, but this just shows how different Tai Lung is. I, I like the sense of how different each style is. Like, he is so brutally strong, and his character design, too. Like, his upper body, his chest, his, like, arms are so huge, and just the way he comes in through power and just obliterates all these rhinos, which we did a good job in the beginning, like so showing Zhang's um, size difference with the, the rhinos to like make them seem all intimidating. But then when Tyler just beats all of them up, it's so cool. And also like, I just love when seeing them do anything like run, like the way he, um, when like the uh, ceiling of the prison comes down and they break the bridge, but he keeps like dashing up to the top to the ceiling to get to that um to that bomb. Like that's probably not realistic, but it was just so cool to see him do that. Like Tai Lung, he was just so cool and extremely intimidating. Um and the next one, Shifu trains Poe. I think I, I just really like this one where he it's the fight. Um well, obviously there's a montage first, but then the fight over that dumpling. Like it's it's fun to see what it was at first. Like, oh, like no 10 mile hike no like 100 push-ups or whatever like nope just free to eat and then we see that this is another training exercise and it's just very inventive how like this action scene kind of unfolds like i bet like the storyboarding and brainstorming for this this action sequence must have been so fun and ridiculously complicated because it first starts out as just like a 
like a fight with chopsticks um, going over that that dumpling and then they kind of do that thing where like they hide something under that one one bowl and like they mix it around and then it it goes all around the entire landscape and I think that's that's really cool Um, I really liked it and then Shifu uh, does that and then the Furious Five versus Tai Lung still is the greatest thing I think well actually I don't know it's it's just all so good the bridge scene is amazing the only thing I would say is um, I don't like how Mantis never gets to be in the fight um, but I, I like seeing the dynamics uh, of of the Furious Five. How Tigress is definitely the leader. Um, with their different abilities, they're all able to do different things. You know, Viper can like hold someone down because she's kind of like a rope. You know, being a snake. Um, and then Tigress is obviously the leader. Crane is like kind of a support character um, and stuff like that, which I I thought was really cool. Um, then we have Shifu versus Tai Long, and I think just. A little bit before the fight there's a little bit before the fight happens when people are evacuating and seeing the furious five like these are great heroes these are legends in in china um and they're just fleeing they're instead of fighting and doing like it's so weird to see them outside of their normal like fighting and you know badass kind of stuff they just got their butts like whooped um and evokes this weird emotion of like oh my gosh wow like seeing our heroes kind of defeated in a way like they're good but they're just not good enough they just got their their butts like beaten so hard they got their nerve attacked frozen and stuff and also just like so brutal that like um tai lung nerve attacks all four of them uh four of the fierce five except for um except for crane because to let crane fly back um which i think is i mean it's, it's very very good um and then uh she just the entire fight scene is, is so intense because even though we've never seen them on screen together, only in flashbacks, like Shifu and Tai Lung, you feel the history between the two of them. And it's just a very emotional, good fight. And just when Tai Lung is screaming, I'm like, are you proud now? And he has like the fire in his hands and he's just swiping at Shifu. Like, are you proud now? Tell me how proud you are, Shifu, and stuff like that. And just the way, the whole fight is really good. And um, in the beginning, Shifu is just only playing defense. And then as soon as... Um, Tai Lung, he, he kind of goes like, oh, like, why? It's like, you know, you robbed me of my destiny. And then Shifu was like, it was not my choice to make. It was never my choice to make. And then Tai Lung kind of sees the staff of Ugwe and he kind of puts it together. Oh, oh, Ugwe is dead. And he says, he kind of picks it up and he's like, oh, it's your choice now. And seeing Shifu get angry over Tai Lung picking up his mentor, his mentor's um, staff and stuff like that. It's just, wow. And then he finally goes on the offensive and stuff like that. And Obviously, there's so many times where, like, Shifu is just, it's, he's outclassed, man. He gets choked, he gets slammed, he gets just bashed. Um, like, Tai Lung, just from the sky, they, they go up, and then Tai Lung just pins him down, and they, they, they go flying down through the roof and stuff like that. And there's, like, at a point, like, for most of this, this is, like, sort of a fight, but, you know, Shifu's always on the back. But, but then there's just, um, after a little bit, Shifu just starts just straight up run. He just bounces from, uh, column to column because he knows he cannot win he's just running for his life almost and i was like wow this is just a very brutal fight like i, I love seeing fights where like even if they, they don't I, I like seeing fights where the heroes lose but also um, most of the fights it seems like oh like i never feel like our heroes are going to lose or like this fight like oh of course like the, the villain gets like a few punches in but there's never any real danger but like from this one from the start shifu is just straight up outclassed and he yeah i keep saying this but this is just a really good fight where i feel the stakes and the tension through it and then finally we have tai lung versus poe 
which, you know, Poe, I like how he's just creative and fun. I just like in the beginning where like he pulls out that scroll and he's like, you're going to have to come get, and then quick cut to Tylen just smashing into Poe and getting, he's like, finally. And then Poe comes back bouncing off of the the column and and hitting Tylen again. And I like how when Tylen hits that column that he gets gets flung back into, like he doesn't bounce back because he, you know, he's just not built like that. Um, And it just shows to how like Poe's little special uniqueness helps him in the battlefield. And he's very clever. And it's a lot of callbacks to the beginning where he he used the fireworks um, thing to kind of, propel him forward again um and he also uses the kind of like stick stilt things to to mix up all the walks and um make sure that like tylon can't really get it but then tylon he's smart he eventually he's like trying to play the game and he's like wait and then he just kind of moves the sticks out of the way and and then grabs the the scroll itself and i just like how like but moving those sticks away of course poe's gonna fall on you and poe's like boing falls i just there's so much so many things about this um, fight that are well constructed and fun, and I'll always love the little bits when they're bouncing down the the stairs together, and like Tai Lung sees um, Poe's like butt and just like squishes his face. That's always just gonna be so funny to me. And I like how you know in the fight when like the what do you call it the 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 scroll kind of goes up to that that little high part in that building, um, and then Poe needs to focus. Like he's like ah oh, wow. and then he, he focuses it and makes it look like a cookie. And that's just him leading into like what makes himself tick and what makes him unique, right? And then I, I find it so funny how Tylen's like, "Oh no, the scroll is giving him power!" No, and that kind of thing. And when Poe starts like parkour up there, um, and that's just funny to like see what like Tylen thinks. But it's it's just Poe being Poe, which is a good part of the message there too. And um, of course, you know one of my favorite lines is like when he's Poe is getting punched towards the end. And it's like. Oh, like, stop it, stop it. I'm going to pee. No. Just the way he says that is funny. Jack Black is just great. So good. Um, but, yeah, at the end, I kind of like how Poe finds, like, some confidence after a little bit, after he kind of gets punched, but then uses the momentum to come back and then punch Tai Long. Stuff like that is just very, very good. Um, and I really, really like that. And then he kind of gains confidence, and he just starts playing around with this Tai Lung. Um, getting that confidence is good. Um, and this is where, like, you know, Tai Lung rejects, like, the, the notion that, like, oh, it can't be blank, that kind of thing. Um, then, of course, the belly bump into the sky is great. And when Poe is looking up in the sky, kind of trying to see where, like, Tai Lung is falling, he just makes the cutest face ever. Like, he looks so cute, just, like, looking up there and kind of, like, shuffling his nose and, like, squinting up. Ah, so cute. And then the wuxi finger hold is great. And obviously, I, like, in the beginning, I was like, wait, this move is broken. You just grab anyone's finger and snap it. But, like, um you have to be like taught that move because like Tyler was like no you're bluffing Shifu didn't teach you that and Poe was like I kind of figured it out on myself which I mean I'll allow it. I don't really know how it happens but maybe just because Poe is that good and great and you know he has that sense of self but yeah solid and I um kind of going back to when he first saw the, the Wushi finger hold um for the longest time I never understood what like Shifu meant like by oh the uh, hardest part is cleaning up afterwards which I, I think now is just like a threat to be like oh yeah when you snap and you get killed uh, you're everywhere like he's kind of scaring Poe into this crazy like death or whatever um, but yeah I remember one time uh, our cousins Lucas Lash and Jonathan were over and then we were playing around and then we like knocked over a vase with like um, flowers in it and like water in it and it just like spilled all over the carpet and then we were cleaning it up because we were like oh we're in trouble and that kind of stuff and I remember one of my cousins he was like well it's like my master Shifu said the hardest part is cleaning up afterwards and I thought that was funny but <laughs> yeah um Anyways, I feel like I have a few um, kind of thoughts on, like, what-if ideas. 
um, and just kind of like in the spirit of the Marvel show and stuff like things that I want to see because now like the trilogy is done and stuff like there's some things that I want to see just specifically out of this movie like what if Poe was never chosen I'm like who would be chosen as um, the dragon warrior out of the furious five and like how would they stop Tai Lung and stuff like that like I don't think it, it would be Tigris um, I don't know who it would be but like showing maybe just like a, a little short where um, they showed all five scenarios where like oh they gave the give the, the scroll to each one of the Furious five and maybe um, Shifu took it and just like seeing how they would all react to like learning that oh it's like just me or like how they would have different interpretations of it based on like where they are and like we can develop the Furious five a little bit more um, another idea that I have is like what if Tai Lung never had like darkness in his heart um, like would it be the Furious six or wouldn't like Tai Lung kind of be the Furious five's master it'd be like the chain of command would be like Uwe who like teaches Shifu who teaches Tai Lung who teaches the Furious Five which would be interesting or like the Furious Six would also be cool um but yeah they're just like a, a few little thoughts um I think kind of going over maybe now uh some of my favorite lines like the comedy is n never tries too hard for laughs and even when it does like it's not egregiously annoying enough that like I can kind of like overlook them like uh when Poe leaves the like ninja star in the the noodles and he's like oh careful the that those that soup it's sharp and i'm like eh, that's kind of like a not really a funny joke but like they kind of gloss over it they don't like linger on it too much by being like oh hey look look at this this was funny huh no they just kind of like go on and i just like i love a lot of parts though still um there's like ooh my tenders when um poe is working on like mantis's like machine place and then when mantis tweaks the facial nerve and then poe just makes that doing kind of face um is really funny and just the way that Tigress is like, oh, I'm so done. Oh, that is it. And Mantis is like, oh, wait. Um, I thought that was really funny. Um, the gag with the um, the stairs in the beginning where Poe like only gets 15 stairs up. And he's like, oh, almost there. And he's like, what? That that was, that's always funny. And just the whole sequence of him trying to get into the arena with all the different things. And when he just ends up finally giving up and just sitting with his back turned and he's kind of like hands together and like shoulders slumped. He looks so cute. Um, but yeah, Jack Black overall, he's just like, sells it so well like every line read and noise he makes is just so fun and dramatic and bombastic and just crazy but he's also really good at being sincere too it's just very lovable and i remember that's something in the behind the scenes when they, they it was like oh meet the voice cast that's something that they talked about like how jack black did so well like he makes poe lovable and that's something that it's good to have the funny like quirky charming quality but being sincere and lovable too was really was really good um and so now Earlier, I kind of talked about how, like, the story is weird in a way of, like, how it's constructed. Um, it's not, like, the most generic or, like, conventional way of doing it. Like, there isn't much of the plot that goes on, right? Like, Ugwe has a vision, which makes Shifu want to stop it, and he sends the messenger, which allows Tai Lung to escape. But, like, all that happens, like, very quickly and very short. Um, and since Tai Lung is coming, you know, like, Shifu and Ugwe are like, we need to pick the dragon warrior. And then Poe is picked, and basically we wait for Tai Lung to reach the valley. Um and that's kind of it and then we have our showdown right and this this movie even though it says um on google that the runtime is one hour and like 32 minutes like it actually like that includes like the credits right so like not including the credits and the opening credits um this movie is like about one hour and 20 minutes like very quick 80 minute movie um so it's very fast and but we cover a lot of ground in it which i think is good um i do think like the movie could have used maybe like 10 minutes or a little bit like to let it breathe a little more like after um the scroll is read to be blank and then shifu's kind of like oh i guess i'll, I'll fight it myself you evacuate the villagers i feel like that was like a little bit 
quick. I feel like I wanted a little more time to kind of just sit and like, oh, wait, like what we wanted this entire time was not anything. And just like, oh, the defeat. I, I kind of wanted more time to sit in that. But um, yeah, like the, the story is kind of not conventional. Basically, there's like this screenwriting tactic that I've kind of heard about a while ago. It's like instead of most stories are like this, like they kind of have a starting point, right? Um, a starting point like this inciting incident and we need to do this so we're gonna quote unquote like kind of like blindly draw like a path from there and kind of go where we have this initial goal and then the story like changes over time and we kind of find find um new things and we follow the story as it twists and turns right um but sometimes in screenwriting uh you have this thing where you have a big monumental event that is mentioned but it only happens at the end of the movie so you have a fixed end point and your entire movie is just basically working up your way towards that and you kind of know what the end is right um, so most of the movie is built up on the buildup, um, to that event, right? So it's what the characters do in anticipation and like, and, it, and leading up to it. So like we learn about the characters through that, right? And it usually results in like less plot heavy things, you know, more character driven stuff, but it, it still works because I think it, it keeps the stakes clear and the goal clear at the end because you have this looming event, um, that's kind of over the entire movie, right? And that's basically what happens here. We have the end point. Um, basically is Tai Lung is coming to attack the village and try to take the scroll. So most of the second act conflict is just Poe preparing to be the dragon warrior, like in preparation of Tai Lung to come, right? But I still think there's still solid beats in the screenwriting structure. Like our inciting incident is Poe is chosen as a dragon warrior, you know, like that creates a turn that like no one, you know, like knew that was coming like in universe. Um, and then entering act two, like Poe enters the training room and he sees the Furious Five and he's in this new environment now where he has to like learn to adapt and then the fun in games after that which is basically act two part one um which is the stuff that we kind of are marketed on like shifu tries to make poe quit like he tries to adapt like this stupid panda who's like not good at kung fu tries to be good at kung fu basically and then we have the midpoint which is a good turning point because it raises the stakes like uguay dies and tai lung has escaped so basically now the only one who has defeated uguay before can't um and we know shifu probably can't because you know like emotional reasons like he, he couldn't last time um so this makes it more real because now poe is the one who has to defeat him right and then we have obstacles after that which is like a part of like act two part two where um you know we train poe and you know he gets better and good and there's there's light at the end of the tunnel but then we get crashing down we come crashing down to to the low point where tylung just destroys the entire furious five and he's coming and then um obviously like part of the low point is like what wait like the the, the scroll doesn't have anything um and basically later on you know poe he has that realization he he's like there's no secret in ingredient it's just you and then we have the start of act three where shifu fights tai lung and then you know you, you kind of know how it gets there so i, I think it, it works very well with all the beats and stuff and also all of our characters are active throughout like poe actively tries to get to the practice arena to watch which i think is good like in the beginning in the first act they set a very clear goal i just want to watch this thing and we want to watch it too because we want to see this super cool awesome action that they put um in the animation and all that stuff but we're not able to get it so like we kind of feel unsatisfied with him but he's actively trying to get in there he does all these things and then um later in like the second act he tries to practice and get good like he he um wakes up early in the morning to do the splits and stretch and get prepared um and also like shifu he's actively trying to get poe to quit and then even the Furious Five, too, like they take things into their own hands and they they go out um, to try to take out Tai Lung and stuff like that. And I think it's just it's still very good. It, it works. The story works very well. Um, I think it's just um, surprising analyzing after watching it so many times and seeing like, oh, it's like not a very conventional story. It's like not a regular 
hero's journey, right? Because like hero's journey, usually like you kind of go out into the world and like uh, go after that villain or whatever. Um, but it's usually not really like that. So um, for, for this movie, I, I mean, like it's not like that. But usually it, it is. Because um, right now he's, he's most of the movie, he's kind of like in the safety, quote unquote, of um, the palace. And like the threat isn't there. It's just coming, which is kind of goes back to like the end point um goal that you already have in mind and everything else is leading up towards that but i think it's just an interesting choice that they made and it it works um but yeah i have like a few questions and things about the world that like i just want to have answered as someone who like loves the world building in here like how does like news travel and how 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 much is known in the public right like because there's there's no recordings here there's no videos like i talked about before um when like poe goes into crane's room he's like oh wow like you guys were great at the battle of the weeping river like uh outnumbered a thousand to one but you didn't stop you're like wah, 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 wah. like how does he know about that like i see you read about it but he's never really seen them in action and i guess most of the other citizens haven't either so they just know um things based off of reputation right which i mean this could be a great era for like the mysterio thing from spider-man far from home where like you can fake being a hero which i think is sort of interesting maybe like in a side project in another province like your maybe um in different valleys and provinces they only have like one master or whatever or like a couple and those masters are complete fraud and like no crime ever comes and at some point like they have a real threat and the the, the masters can't do anything because they're like frauds they're not really good kung fu people and then some the lowly animals have to like band together to stop this thing i think that'd be like a interesting fun like basic pitch um but yeah, also like another thing that I think is weird is the reaction to Poe being the Dragon Warrior is weird. They kind of just accept it. And it's it'd be interesting to hear the public discourse. Like they all cheer when like they hit the gong and stuff like that. But like they a lot of people would probably know Poe because he's the one panda guy at that noodle shop. Like he's the one panda in the valley. And I feel like it'd be interesting to kind of see like the people around him in his community be like, oh, this guy, Poe, we're like, freaking screwed like oh my gosh like we have no choice like chance of survival and stuff like that um but i think it'd be really interesting to kind of just see the public reaction to this um like i don't know what it would be but it's it's interesting to me um but also like the social status of the furious five shifu and ugwe like i think everyone knows who they are like um ugwe probably and like shifu definitely but like the furious five maybe a little bit less because they're like still being trained and like up and coming um stuff like that um but i think part of their coolness is probably because they're like special animals they're different animals right like because in the valley of peace we have pigs bucks uh bucks what am i saying pigs geese bunnies and then we have like rhinos in the prison area um and then like the masters of kung fu are a tortoise a red panda tiger like a monkey a crane a praying mantis and then a viper um and obviously like a panda comes like he's a dragon warrior poe um, there and like Poe's dad is the only animal that we have like of a main character who is like one of the other normal main animals right um, and then we kind of like learn in the sequels what happened to the pandas um, but the other animals like we don't really know Tigris was an orphan um, Mantis like comes from some other village Viper's father though sh- she's like a legacy because her father was a warrior he was a master too um, with the fang technique um, so I don't know maybe that could have been part of a thing like where part of the divide in kung fu is that like they're reserved for like the special agile like skilled animals like athletic animals but like the bunnies pigs and geese like they're just like regular lame people so like i don't know like what if what if um what if like the the valley was filled with fat pandas and there's like 
maybe there's a common sentiment that it's you know kung fu is not for common folk like you for like fat pandas or fat pigs or like bunnies who are too small that kind of thing um but poe is like the first and that that then he kind of proves that like oh pandas you can do this too which is like leans more to a stereotype thing though um that, that kind of happens a little bit later on in the um in like the third movie sort of and also in like the secrets of the furious five it, it talks about like they kind of talk about that like where the bunnies are like oh how can i be a kung fu warrior like i don't have any special anythings and then they tell the the story of viper who doesn't have um venom but she was still like a great warrior by just being who she was and stuff like that but yeah um i don't know there's like some of the I, things that i would kind of like want to know about um other than that like Uguay dying and leaving definitely has like some jesus vibes stuff like um kind of like when he he leaves and he's kind of taken away to heaven that kind of stuff um a lot of just jesus vibes and bible stuff here um, which i think is interesting but also there's there's some themes that go along here that i really find cool um like there's the theme of well not cool but just like interesting overall like there's the themes of destiny um destiny right here like we have um like what's his face tai lungs he wanted to like have the the dragon warrior right and he says like you denied me my destiny and also uh, poe's dad talks a lot about like oh it wasn't meant to be i guess i'm sorry um and also how like broth runs through our veins like this noodle stuff we're noodle folk it's our destiny right and, and then ugwe talks about how there's no accidents um and like he he said like oh yeah shifu says like i you said that already before and ugwe's like yep that was no accident either and th- i think there's um very interesting um like themes there's like a lot of good content here that is um just a lot and very sophisticated for a kid's movie um but also like pride too you know obviously shifu tigers too but um one point that i want to talk about was the guard at the prison like his pride and cockiness um and wanting to be all cool and be like we got things locked down here like don't worry like him hitting zhang because of that like it caused tylung to escape and like even further like shifu sent zhang to go like you know like warned them was part of like the pride and illusion of control anyway so like a lot of it is built on pride and like what you think that you have control of which is which is interesting like hubris and stuff like that um but yeah like that's that's mostly kind of my thoughts on this um we'll kind of talk about my scoring now um so story out of 30 i think it works very very well like this is there's just so much here and i have to give it a 30 out of 30 direction i think 15 out of 15 um acting and characters i'll say um 14 out of 15 there's a few line reads that i think are just kind of weird and take you out of it technical 10 out of 10 plot um i just feel like there's some some things that like don't make total complete well okay actually here, here's something that i kind of wanted to think talk about like the timeline and how far char Chorgon prison is from the valley of peace um which is interesting because you know we have the vision and shifu immediately sends saying to go fly over there um and then we get we cut to the the like the the, the back to the, the noodle shop right where um uh like poe's like oh my gosh yeah yeah let's, let's go let's go let's go and you know i've always thought like this was in the same day um which like he does uh uh his dad says like yes like the the noodle dream i knew that was something which like it could be the same day but it also could be like you know a week later like who knows really the timeline but it's just like it's 
inferred that like this was very close like time wise to like the day that the vision was found out um or like Uwe had the vision and told Shifu um so that happens and they, they like pick the the thing real quick um and then so basically after like a a few days you know after like you know he's chosen as a dragon warrior and kind of like starts going in there and everything um like maybe a day or two or three afterwards like shifu he's kind of like meditating he's like inner peace and like zang comes back and kind of tells him the news that's that's like at, at the midpoint right and then um right after like that midpoint happens the the fierce five goes to meet tai lung which is like probably a shorter distance because like tai lung's already been running um but then they fight and then crane is able to fly back before tai lung makes it so like i don't know just um it seems that like flying is obviously a lot faster because you know um it's just easier it's like a straight shot but um yeah i don't really know how i don't know if that's like a plot thing but i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say plot is 14 out of 15 because i think there it wasn't perfect it wasn't perfect um there's a few like logical things that i feel like it'd be interesting to see or like how things wouldn't really work like the valley shouldn't be extremely excited that like poe is this this person you know and also like the plot isn't that like great or engaging it's mostly um the story and the characters but like entertainment um is five out of five personal bias 10 out of 10 i think this at the end this comes out to 98 percent. this is a very good movie um and yeah so there's like just a few things that i wanted to go over which i I looked up some trivia and facts like this was when i was trying to see like how many lines specifically jackie chan said for this movie i was trying to look it up but then i came across this like pdf of fun facts which i just kind of want to go over because i think they're really cool and have them out there and if anyone's listening at this point then this is something cool to know um so here's some fun facts that i learned um so number one including voice actors 448 different people put over 21,442 man weeks into the film that's 107,210 mondays or 857 680 man hours um which is crazy that's like a long time but number two like it puts it in a more um easy to digest way kung fu panda was in production for approximately 4.5 years from fall 2003 to spring 2008 so kung fu panda this was like a long haul and that's what it is for most animation movies because it takes just a lot longer to animate everything and render everything um and storyboard and just figure things out but yeah um number three every time a scene was finalized in animation the animator received one fortune cookie with a customized fortune inside which i think i mean that's pretty cool like uh that's nice I, i wonder what like some of the fortune cookies were and like if they ever like kind of related to the um like the scene that they finished or something um but that's nice to know number four um during the development process there was talk of cutting one of the five and making the furious four but everyone had grown so attached to them all that dreamworks couldn't part with any of the characters which i think is is good yeah four is i don't know i think five works better and i i can't imagine not having any one of them but yeah anyways number five it took about um it took a combined 54 systems including rockets trails lights and emitters to create the single effect of poe riding the rocket chair into the stadium well that's like like a lot like i just can't imagine how complicated animation would be like i took an animation class freshman year in high school and just so many things are so difficult to do um but yeah 
Anyways, number six, Jack Black stood during his recording sessions so that his physical activities would enhance the performance with subtle nuances, like him being out of breath and stuff, I'm guessing. Um, the animators loved capturing and transferring his subtle vocal and physical work, like breathing, exerting effort. Oh, yeah, exerting effort. Fumfering. I don't know what fumfering means, um, but they, they like to transfer that to Poe on screen. It's very nice. Um, number seven. Black's ad-libs and comic exploration of the character really helped define Poe in the very first recording session for Kung Fu Panda. Lines like, my tenders, ooh, wait, yes, I like this, and uh, because I just ate, my Kung Fu might be better later on. And when Shifu hits and points out his untoned arms, those are sensitive in the flabby parts, all come out of that session. Um, wow, so like a lot of it is like, well, I, I guess that makes sense, Um, just ad-libbed and stuff. Oh, and the, the next one also kind of shows, in the recording booth, Jack like to always lay down a couple of vanilla reads of the sequences before layering his own special sauce. More often than not, the third take was pure gold, which, hmm, that's nice. Yeah. Next one, the father of James Hong. I, I knew this one. The father of James Hong, who voices Poe's noodle-making dad, Mr. Ping, was actually a noodle maker, and while reading his lines, Hong would crave noodles. Okay, yeah. Angelina Jolie, tigress, um, she sports a tattoo of a tiger on her back, so she really you know, talk about living the part, you know. And then the next one is about Jackie Chan. One of Jackie Chan's trademarks, the enthusiastic thumbs up, is also one of monkeys. And his, you know, that, that shows up when Tigress is like, hey, don't try to stop me when she's running to go stop Tai Lung. And Vi Viper's like, we're not trying to stop you. We're going with you. And then it kind of cuts to monkey with like a little grin and a thumbs up right there. Um, the next one the voice of baby Tai Lung is supplied by director Mark Osborne's six-year-old son, Riley. That's cool. That's nice. It's kind of like um, the Russo brothers, how Joe um, included his two um, daughters in, in Endgame. And then also like, you know, Ava Russo was now in Hawkeye, which is, this is cool. Um, the double fist punch inadvertently became Tai Lung's signature move as he does it three times in the film. The double fist punch. Does, does that mean double fist punch like two fists at the same time or one punch from like one fist twice like rapidly um interesting i don't really know um but next while sitting in on a recording session jack black's wife tanya hayden tanya hayden a puppeteer and a musician was pulled in to lay down a voice as well she can be heard as the bunny waitress in the tea house during poe's dream sequence oh okay so maybe she, she was one who's like oh you're so awesome and attractive and, you know, he's like, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, but one thing that I never learned, like, um, I never understood was the line, like, they were no match for his awesomeness or his bodacity. And I remember watching this with some of my older cousins when I was younger. And that when that line came up, they laughed, like, really hard. And I was like, what? I never I never know what, like, bodacious or bodacity even means. Like, I had to look it up. And I, I still didn't really get that it was that funny. But I don't know, maybe just because I'm young and stupid and don't understand words. Um, but the next one. An early dual recording session with Jack Black and Dustin Hoffman um, helped de to define their individual characters and the conflict between them. Much of the dialogue when Shifu trains Poe using food came out of that playful session, like that first time. Wow, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, next up we have the chunk of wood that Poe picks up as a souvenir of Tigress's, Tigress's awesomeness was deemed the love chunk by the layout department. Um, I think that's interesting because a lot of people have shipped like Tigress and Poe and especially in Kung Fu Panda 2 when they have more of like a friendship relationship. I think it's definitely platonic, but um, I don't know. Interesting. I never really like shipped them together because I don't know. 
but yeah, interesting. Um, next up, these are kind of like about the script and stuff like that. Um, early in development, Poe's final training test was to catch a single droplet of water as it fell off a mystical root found growing down into a sacred chamber under the Jade, Jade Palace. Um, I like what we got a lot better because um, that, I don't really know. It just seems like, yeah, I don't really know. Um, But yeah, the next one, in the first storyboarded version of the Wuxi finger hold, Shifu used a Chinese finger trap to catch Poe. Um... Yeah, I feel like that'd be a lot harder for Poe to pull out at the end. Like, he would have to, like, find a Chinese finger trap, and that'd be a little more contrived and stuff like that. But I don't know. And the next one I think is really interesting, like, super interesting. Mantis started out as a villain. Although still a member of the Furious Five, he was actually a traitor conspiring with Tai Lung from the inside. Which, I, like, I guess they used to have, like, more plans of Tai Lung of, like, him having a more nefarious scheme and like things that he actually wanted to do because like you don't really need a traitor conspiring on the inside with Tai Lung but that would have been interesting to kind of see like because we would have gotten more background about Mantis and Tai Lung and stuff and I guess a small little praying Mantis would be like a sleeper agent kind of I guess um the next at one point Poe lived with his mother away from the valley in the bamboo forest she supported herself and Poe by crafting wind chimes from bamboo which Poe tempted to pedal in the valley around the time of the dragon warrior ceremony i think that's so interesting that they they kind of did that with like the mother and obviously like for later movies like the mother is dead and never really appears um actually on screen in 3d animation um but interesting i guess um this similar kind of feeling i wonder why they chose to go with the goose maybe because it was like a fun gag at the beginning and but that that ends up being a huge part of kung fu panda 2 and 3 so yeah um, next one, another version saw Poe living amongst many pandas in the bamboo forest with all pandas making and selling wind chimes for a living. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, well, that still became an idea later on. But yeah, um, next up in early versions of the story, Poe lived with Shifu, who was a retired Kung Fu master. So I guess like in the beginning, Shifu was kind of like the Ugwe and Poe was the Shifu, which it's interesting to see so that that would basically be like a shifu story but which is like things changed around um i kind of see how that that happens um and then next the, the last kind of story one the bridge sequence began as a visual development idea as one of a series of epic feats in tai lung's journey from the prison back to the valley of peace huge gorillas guarded the infinity bridge which is basically like the bridge on the bridge scene and as tai lung defeated them and every other set of specialty guards along his path they tagged along like groupies forming a gang of followers um i think it's interesting that we would see tylung's journey from the prison back to the valley of peace i just don't see what it would do for other than like a story thing i mean other than like a plot thing of like he's getting closer um i'm happy that they didn't do that because that just sounds really lame um there's a few now like numerical stats and stuff which i'll kind of just fly through some of these there are 2020 well, no, 22,388 scrolls in the palace scroll room Master Crane has 6,019 feathers on his body. Viper has 120 bones along the length of her body. And she was the hardest to animate, which is not down here on the, on the facts list, but I just know that because, um, you know, I'm a fan. Um, but the speed at which Tigress travels through these planks um, on the bridge was 40.9 miles an hour, which is okay. And the length of the rope bridge is 629 feet. Um, interesting. Okay. Number, uh, there's uh, 3,715 pedals um, that it took to make 
Uguay disappear when he kind of like dies or whatever. And also, um, Nick Pavlov, who was one of the um, visual effects artists, he didn't shave for 27 days. That was the number of days that he didn't shave until his shot was approved for um, one of the shots. And he eventually caved in for his girlfriend because he was um, originally going to do it for the entirety of like his work on the shot, but it took him six months to do it. And he caved in for his girlfriend, um, which like, yeah, that makes kind of sense. Um, next, the number of tiles that Poe sends raining down on Tai Lung, who, you know, like climbs on those tiles is 8,260 tiles in total. Um, and then that little scene where Tai Lung is kind of trying to escape the prison and they all shoot all the archers kind of shoot at him. I really like that shot where it kind of shows and it, uh, all the archers. And as it kind of pans back, all of the, um, the arrows kind of go shooting down in a very aesthetically pleasing way. And then when that shot, when he's jumping towards that, uh, kind of like a elevator thing and all the arrows are coming down at him is, is really cool. Um, but yeah, that was 1500 arrows. And then, when Poe makes uh, noodles for the five to eat and for him to eat, uh, there are 64 noodles in each bowl. Nice to know. Um, and then when Poe is having the acupuncture thing with Mantis and Viper, um, there are 133 acupuncture needles in Poe's back when um, he's talking to Tigris and stuff like that. So that was kind of a little fun facts thing. I, maybe I'll try to like look these up more often because these are very interesting. Um, I hope that there's probably some out there. Um, but yeah, last thing before we kind of just wrap up, there are obviously so many more things that I want to see from the Kung Fu Panda franchise. Like I know in the beginning, like Jeffrey Katzenberg kind of said like, oh, I could see this having three more films after Kung Fu Panda 3 and making it a six film series. But um, more recently, they kind of talked about how like, oh, we just we don't want to do it just to do it. Like we want to end each story with it with an ending and stuff like that. And um, in 2018, I think one of the the, the people um, kind of talked about like, oh like we're open to doing that but we we want it to be about poe and we want it to be like a good core story which i think is very good um and since it's four years since then i don't think we're gonna get another movie which is uh, possibly be good because like i i don't really know where poe might go but i, I do want to see like an old man poe kind of at the end of his kind of career more on the ugwe side him trying to like figure something out like maybe he's mentoring the next generation or he has to like face one final battle or something um I also really want to see Furious Five Adventures, just seeing how they operate as a team before um, Poe got there. Like I know we have the origins of how they got like a, kind of recruited by Shifu or Ugwe in like Monkey's case, but I would just really like to kind of see them interacting for the first time together, like getting the team together and also like going on their first mission or whatever. I also really want to see a young Shifu because just talking about and watching this, like we learned so much about Shifu, but I would like to see a lot more. Um, and also I just want to see more of like the world fleshed out, like more of the other provinces and stuff. Like I know in Kung Fu Panda 2, we go to that other province where the peacocks are and Kung Fu Panda 3, we go to the, the village and the pandas, which is really far away. And, and um, yeah, some, something like that. And Kai also kind of shows up in some other farming areas. And also I, I just really want to see Tai Lung Redemption maybe in like a solo movie or something else but like he is in the soul realm because he got skadoosh right and we we visit that soul realm in Kung Fu Panda 3 and he's like still around and also like he probably crossed paths with Uwe which I think is interesting and I would like to see that interaction um but yeah just Tai Lung he, he's a he's a good guy there's a lot of potential there but yeah that's pretty much all I got for Kung Fu Panda I am thinking of well I will be doing Kung Fu Panda 2 and Kung Fu Panda 3 at some point um, maybe soon. I don't know. Um, it depends. But also one thing that I want to do is kind of try to come up with a pitch for a Kung Fu Panda 4. Um, 
and see what like I would kind of like like to do and like try to come up with a decent emotional core of that movie. Maybe um kind of write a synopsis of the whole thing or just kind of like a a few pitches, like a few log lines, a few um generic concepts and see. But like I think that would be fun to see. Uh yeah, because Kung Fu Panda, I really want more of it. I, give me monkey, um, more monkey. Give me monkey viper romance. Give me, I don't know, more masters. Give me the Furious Five working together. But until that happens, um, I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>